You're listening to the Ontos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Bod. And I'm Mac. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. I am unfortunately the hero of ages. Holding the power did strange things to my mind. In just a few moments, I became familiar with the power itself and its history and with the ways that it might be used. Yet this knowledge was different from experience or even ability to use that power. For instance, I knew how to move a planet in the sky, yet I didn't know where to place it so that it wouldn't be too close or too far from the sun. Hero of Ages! Hero of Ages. The payoff is here. We made it. We are ready to go. So, this is prologue through chapter two. And, uh, man, I think it's pretty interesting we get a little bit of insight into what taking the power looks like. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So, I remember in Well of Ascension, we were like, uh, remember how Final Empire, you didn't know who was writing it until the very end? And Well of Ascension, it was like, we figured it out really quickly. Well, Hero of Ages just goes, I am the Hero of Ages. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, okay. All right. We, we get This uh, Hero of Ages is going to be, if we haven't already figured it out, pretty brutal. And so let's start. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. So the prologue, Marsh point of view. Good. We left off with Marsh attacking Sazed in the last book. So here we go. Uh, Marsh is trying to kill himself. And he can't. He is a prisoner in his own body. It is controlling him. Ruin is controlling him. The thing that was released from the Well of Ascension. So he 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 wants to reach back. Marsh wants to reach back and kill himself by pulling the spike out from in between his shoulder blades. But... Ruin won't let him do it. Uh, and we see that when he loses control, Marsh is like, I was feeling despair, and all of a sudden I feel glee. And he pulls out a spike, and he's standing over this terraceman who's begging him. And he's like, good, you know, no gag. You know, I, I want them to beg. You know, the pain is good. And he mentions it's a brass spike. And for a moment, Marsh regrabs his, his own mind and tries to kill himself again. And nope. Ruin's not letting it happen. Ruin is too strong. And it describes hemallergy. And how this terrorist man is laid out on a specialized table that has another person laying directly underneath him. And he mentions how he has to grab the spike and he needs to and just stab it through his chest and drive it into his heart to take power. But... That's the prologue. Yeah, that's the prologue. <laughs> I mean, the big thing here, I guess another thing I wanted to mention in it is that uh, we learn that whatever it is, it's not complete. It's missing something. And Marsh is supposed to get that thing for it. And then that's the end of the prologue. Chapter one. Here we go. We get Thatrin's point of view. And Thatrin is this servant turned leader turned military just like leader in general of the town of titan and he's super duper proud because titan has these walls built around it that they ended up 
uh, erecting and they've been able to protect themselves from bandits. And he's like, I have a, a, a an army of a thousand men, you know, 2000, I think I, I want to, I thought it was a thousand. I think and it's two because later on we get that there's 10,000 Coloss and they say they outnumber us five to one. Okay. So I think but the way he said, he said was like a thousand or only the only, there's only like a thousand that are actually right. Could actually fight. Right. There was like 2000, but only like a thousand really could, could do, do anything. anything. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he took over, and we get we hear now that the mist are you know the mist didn't leave till noon today. So like the mist are staying longer and longer than what we got even in Well of Ascension, and he's like, yeah, the crops are gonna fail. We're not gonna have anything for winter because and, of this. And they're dealing with the fact that a Coloss army is on the way to get them. Yep, the town has seven thousand people total. Like we said, a thousand of them could be soldiers. Two thousand of them are technically able to fight. Um. But yeah, they built this defensive wall, and they notice that a stranger is approaching them, a single man. And the single man approaches the gate and then bounds and leaps off and is in this beautiful white uniform, and we get it that it's Ellen. And Ellen is, you know, we, we he's a Mistborn, for, we learned at the end of Well of Ascension, but he's a Mistborn. Uh, we, we notice that time has gone by, he has a rough beard now, he's just immediately starts talking about defenses and bringing things up and we can tell he's a leader even Fatron points it out like these my men aren't even questioning to call him lord and answer him and all he's done was arrive and start talking but Fatron is like i don't trust anything this uh this man has to say so he asked him who he is and he mentions says he's ellen venture i am your emperor and he basically says like hey there's a Coloss army coming, and I'm here to help you out. And Veteran's like, whatever, you know. It's a it's a Coloss army, and he's just like, yeah, there's 10,000 of them. And Veteran's like, wait a minute, that's a lot more than than we thought were actually coming. And Ellen's like, well, gather your men. I'm going to teach the captains. I'm going to teach the leaders how to, to fight the Coloss, and they're going to pass it down to those people. And we are going to get ready, and we are going to give them a fight, and we're going to try to survive and he even gives Fatron lordship, which Fatron's like, you know, what the heck is going on? And he's like, okay, I need your allegiance, and you're going to give it to me after this is done and after I save you. And Fatron's like, uh, definitely not. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Like, you came here to what? You came here to 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 conquer us. We're going to be under a tyrant. And he's like, yes. <laughs> so later we'll discuss terms he's yeah. like what kind of terms the non-negotiable kind yeah <laughs> but ellen explains how the coloss have no tactics and explains how to take them down they're like he was mentioning like two men should pair off to fight a small one three for a, lar- uh, a bigger one four for like the absolute biggest and he mentions that how they're not actually stupid either they're pretty they're showing signs of intelligence they just don't they're yeah. not sophisticated they have no finesse and uh yeah, and they they get a they get a scout comes back to them and it's like this thing is happening you know things are happening right now and they're like hey look they're the coolest and Ellen's like wait they're setting up camp perfect charge <laughs> and Fatron's like what and then Ellen just takes off charging and uh, to the surprise you know Fatron ends up following him and the boys follow as they charge uh, a group of two thousand soldiers charge an army of ten thousand Colossus. that's the end of one. Chapter two, we get Tensoon's point of view. This is awesome. I did not expect to get 
conjure point of view. So this is really cool that we get it. And we get an actual thought, uh, the thoughts of what it is to be a chondra and how he's like, you know, I could see if I just created a set of eyes, you know, I could do this and I, you know, I, I could turn my senses on and off and everything like that. It's so cool to get like a glimpse into their body. But we learned that he's of the third generation of chondra, which is considered quite old. If that's, if that's the case. And we, um, you know, we'll get a little bit more information on that, but he's considered old as of the third generation of chondra and he's in prison. And he's in prison because he for sure broke his contract. Uh, even though he told Vin he didn't, he definitely did. But uh, he, we talk about how the prison's just like this like cramped cell. And all he is is like he, he describes it as a body of nothing but muscle, like a slug, essentially. And how without a skeleton, he can barely even move. And so... Here we go. He's like, I could turn off the sense and everything, but I'm not going to because I have the blessing of presence, whatever the heck that is. And he talks about the first generation does not believe, you know, he, I think he's talking to himself and he's just like, I don't think the first generation believes in the contract anymore. And, uh, you know, I broke my contract by going against my master and I deserve death for breaking my contract, but the big issue is he admitted to betraying the Chondra secrets to Vin. He doesn't say who he betrayed it to, but he he mentions betraying them. And so they can't execute him until they find out who it is because it seems like they're going to try to get rid of the person who who knows of their secrets, which would be interesting because that would be against the, the, the contract. But here we are. Tinsoon believes that he, he, he ultimately believes he did the right thing in telling Vin and he's pulled up by hooks. And he's like, oh, are they coming to talk to me? And they just toss a skull onto him. And Tinsun goes, wait, is that acid? Is that acid I smell? Oh, they toss the skull on him because according to the contract, they can't execute him without giving him the right to defend himself. But they're planning on killing him before he can form uh, a head around the skull to, 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 to defend himself. But what they don't realize is him being of the, the third generation, he's fast. And he ends up forming a school almost within seconds. And as the acid hits him, he's able to call out that he wants judgment. And when they tell him, just die, just die instead of doing this, instead of going to court, essentially, instead of you know putting this out, just die with a little bit of dignity, he repeats judgment. And that's the end of chapter two. So we are getting an absolutely explosive start to Hero of Ages. So you know how like Well of Ascension was a slow burn? Hero of Ages is all gas, no breaks. So we already get in here and there's just so many things that get that get thrown out in just the first few chapters. So first off, we left Well of Ascension going, what the heck? Why is Marsh attacking Sazed? I am free. And Sazed, and he kept saying, Marsh kept saying, I don't know why you have to die. I don't know why. But now we see like Marsh is being controlled, essentially. And that's what's interesting about it is like, it's not just like, like you said, when March was questioning things, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why he's a straight up prisoner in his own body. Yeah. And this actually seems like at a higher level than whatever he had before. So almost certainly something was influencing him before, but now it has complete control over him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see like the, also at the end of hero of it or well of Ascension, we had the terrorist refugees saying like, Hey, 
like all the keepers are gone they're being you know they're dead or taken they took them and we could see like they were being used right at this point in the prologue um for whatever that they 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 were being that whatever they were doing with the spikes um then we jump into you know chapter 1 with Elland and he's the Elland now that we you know kind of understand and we find out that there's like there's at least some strategy that comes with fighting Kolos. Um and he was able to kind of give them an idea of like, hey, here's what you gotta do in order to like deal with Kolos. Because before as he, as I remember Sazed saying in Hero uh, not Hero of Ages, Well of Ascension, no one has any understanding of war because no one's had to fight war. Well, for the last it's a year since year. the end of Well of Ascension, yeah. Last year, Ellen's been fighting wars and clearly has been having to fight Kolos. Um, even though we found out that they could control him in the last one, but you know, here he is, you know, having to instruct these people on how to how to do that. And what's interesting, right, is he's throwing himself into the front lines of everything. This is not the Ellen that was shocked and barely able to protect himself trying to save Vin. This is not the same Ellen who was shocked again, unable to protect himself from uh, from Straff's Alamancer assassins at the council meeting. This is an Ellen who is charging a group of 10,000 Koloss with 2,000 or fewer soldiers who aren't even soldiers. Barely, basically barely. It's a like that scene in 300 where he's like, how many soldiers did you bring with you? He's like, oh, you didn't match our own yeah spartans what is your profession you know yeah that like that's kind of the equivalent here um but you know it's very fast paced and then we get Tensoon, who i kind of thought this at the end of uh, and here and here uh, well of ascension when he's like oh yeah i totally didn't you know i just need to go in and get my new assignment and i was like did you not just betray the person that you're supposed to be like serving like isn't that a, we have consequences here we are the consequences of my actions yeah but he even says like you know, the Conjurer are sneaky because he said, like, they are technically giving me an ability to speak up, but their plan is to kill me before I can. And so they didn't they technically are obeying the law, but they are going against the spirit of it, which is the point is I'm supposed to be able to you know speak up ahead of time. But Tensoon is apparently pretty gifted at being able to form bodies. I think he even I says, remember, like, uh, I remember when he was just like, among my kind, I am average. Mm. Well, I mean, he may be average at, you know, being able to mimic, but apparently making bodies, he's pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said something, I think, if he hasn't said it here, he's going to say it soon, um, that it takes, you know, some people, some, some contra like, uh, you know, hours or days even to form a body. And he's, but he can form it, you know, in minutes Mm -hmm. um, because he's just, you know, that skilled. So he's able to form things faster than they expected. And we also find out acid is how they kill the contra. Yeah, that was an interesting layout, which is kind of interesting, because what I want to know then is Tensoon talks about how he killed his brother. He killed Osur and took his spot. If it's following the contract of what was given to them, apparently violence against each other is completely allowed. That's something that's interesting. Well, and... Um, or did he not kill it and maybe, like, he just informed Straff how to do it or something along those lines? It was probably some combination of things. Um, but the whole reason he said he's being kept alive was he's like, I would have been killed immediately if it was just me violating my stuff. But it was the fact that I revealed the secrets. That's what they, everyone everyone wanted to know about. But apparently they're done with him at that point. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is interesting because Tensoon says they've keeping me alive because they need to know who I told the secrets to. 
And then they try to kill him immediately, which is really weird, right? That doesn't line up. But here's the big thing, the really big thing, the super juicy thing that we're going to be following these epigraphs. I mean, so this power, you can move a planet. Yeah, we got a very small glimpse of what Vin saw, right? right? In Well of Ascension. But, like, it's being described that straight up, I had, like, what, what did it say? I had the ability to move a planet, but not the knowledge and know-how of where to place it. So, I mean, it, it, we all, we've said it since the end of Final Empire. We've said it even in the beginning of Final Empire. The epigraphs are important, and usually they mean they're going to see something, but, man, these are going to be some juicy ones. I mean, we're already starting off, you know, we're talking about this power, which we're going to assume, you know, at this point is the power of, like, the Well of Ascension, mm-hmm. um, which Vin had already said, you know, basically gave her the power of a god. Um, we also get to see um, that, you know, what the experience of it is like, you know, taking up the power. We already saw that a little bit with Vin. But this one in the description gives it actually a little bit more insight. That's like, I have an understanding of its history. I have an understanding of, you know, the way I can use it. It's like not just getting that power, but actually like, oh, this is what I can do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just find it funny that like we're going to like we're going to start off with the power creep here. It can move a planet. Um, it can move a planet. And I think the thing here is we're not going to have a very big discussion necessarily about these chapters because I'm already starting to think there's not much more to say. I think it's very much that we should just get into it and go ahead and get on to chapters three through four. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.